0: Welcome to the 190th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Thomas Rydell, the author of the Danish crime thriller, The Hermit. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Thomas Rydell, the author of the Danish crime novel, The Hermit. Thomas, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff.
0: Sure. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard uh, about your novel, The <laughs> Hermit, yet, how would you describe your novel?
1: Well, they probably haven't heard about The Hermit yet, since <laughs> it just it just came out in Denmark and it hasn't been translated into English uh, as of yet. Uh, but how I would describe it is, uh, well, if, for one thing, it's uh, I I actually didn't know to begin with that it, that it was a crime a novel, or uh, but I apparently the the Reviews I'm getting here is that it's a literary thriller. So, so um, that's what the reviewers have said. But, uh, but so it's a it's a literary thriller, and it uh, takes place in a in a Spanish island uh, called Fuerteventura. Uh, it's uh, just uh, west of Africa, uh, and I have a my my Danish protagonist. Um, he's a an older Danish guy. He's about seventy. He fled. Denmark, uh, he fled his family and he went to this deserted Island or it's not completely deserted, but it's, it's kind of a, um, uh, like, uh, um, how would I describe it? It's, uh, it's not the most popular of the Grand Canarian Islands, I would say. Sure. Uh, and, uh, so he, he fled there 18 years ago and he's been living there as a hermit basically. And, uh, also recently a taxi driver and, um, p- piano tuner. <laughs> so, uh, so that's his life. And then, uh, he. Uh, he encounters on this uh, sort of this crime mystery where, um, as um, a kid, a three-month-old uh, kid has been found in a in a box uh, on the backseat of a car, uh, and um, and because there is a, he, the, the kid is lying inside of this box where there's a, you know some uh, uh, pieces of uh, Danish newspaper lying inside the, the box, and uh, so the police asks this guy who has was a Danish native for help in translating the Danish stumps from the newspaper. And then uh, uh, that sort of is the beginning of him being dragged into this uh, mystery. And the police really don't want to solve this crime because they're afraid of having, you know, if you heard about this Madeline case where a young kid was lost. It was a huge drama in Europe a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they don't want that kind of drama uh, on the island because it's a tourist island. So they sort of close the case down but my 70 year old hermit is very, uh, sort of, uh, uh, he's very offended by the whole case and the police not wanting to pick it up. So he, he starts to investigate the, the, the case on his, on his own. So that's, that's the story, but, but it's also a story about my, my main character, uh, Erhard Johansen uh, and, and his sort of, uh, return to life because he's been, uh, living this, uh, solitary life, uh, and, uh, not really getting out there and uh, you know being with people and uh, experiencing love or anything. So this is this mystery sort of drags him back back into life.
0: Great. Well, do you remember the initial idea that you had that prompted you to start riding the hermit?
1: Yes, uh, very clearly because uh, I was on, vi- on vacation holiday with my family and we were. Um, I was uh, uh, doing some grocery shopping and then uh the the there was a bit a uh, bit of a haul from the the grocery store to my hotel so i jumped in a cab and then when i i got back to the hotel the cab driver helped me get my groceries and i saw he had a a guitar lying in the back of the the trunk and i was like whoa what what do i even know about this this man and you know uh, you know i was only there in the car with him for a few minutes but but maybe there's a lot more to him than just, you know, this cab driver. And uh and that gave me actually most of the the beginning idea of my main character, uh as this person that has a, you know, an appearance and then there's a lot of stuff going on behind.
0: Great. Well, once you finished writing the hermit, how, how was the process for you of finding a publisher to to publish the novel?
1: Uh well, uh, for one thing, uh, uh I uh I was—I mean, I've had—I'm um, 40 years old now, and I've been uh, going to the Royal Danish Writing Academy uh, 20 years ago. So I've been writing for many years, and I've been, you know, uh, finishing manuscripts and going to publishers. But uh, but but they they mostly had the same answer, which was, "What kind of genre is this? Uh, is it uh, sci-fi? Is it you know contemporary fiction? Is it thriller?" And 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 normally I couldn't really answer them. And uh, so, so I've had some very good, but also very uh, uh, tough feedback from the, the the publishers here. Some of them said, like, uh, "Oh, it's a, you know, you're, you 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 we love the way you write, but we just wish you wrote something different." <laughs> uh, which was, uh, I didn't really know what to do about it. So what what it, what eventually happened for most of the, I mean, like three or four scripts is I, I I wanted to sort of. Uh, uh, you know, go back to the script and work even more. But I, but I sort of, uh, sort of like the the the, the energy, f- you know, just left the project in some way. And and I and I and I started to look at, at my other, you know, have a lot of, lots of other ideas. So I never really, um, I never really think I put it out there for real with the, with the publisher and really went in there and started working with the script. So this was the first time I actually had a finished script where I knew it was more in one genre than another, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and I knew this was probably something completely different for the publishers to uh, get a grasp of. Uh, so uh, so what I did actually, because I don't know how it is in the States, but uh, the uh, I know you have a lot of uh, agents, uh, you know, working in between the publishers and, and you know, in between the, writer and and the and the publishers but in denmark we it's it's more common for the the writers to go directly to the the publishers and uh and but but also there's a sort of a a concept or like a a a morale about that it's not you shouldn't go to you know more publisher at one time you should only you know go to them one at a time uh, but I, I I had an idea that you know those days are over now. It's the sort of the era of the writer. So I said, okay, I'm just sending it out to you know multiple uh, publishers. So I selected uh, a few of them and I sent it out. And I got a I got a really fast uh, answer from one of them that just said I, we're not interested in, in that type of literature, um, which was quite I mean like I was a bit surprised about the. The, the speed that they, <laughs> I was like, did they even read it? And I'm not sure if they did, but, uh, but, but uh, but the two major publishers that I was hoping for, it was one large publisher and one small publisher. Uh, I was hoping for those two and, and, uh, and the, the small publisher came back uh, not as fast as the the first one, but almost as fast. And they were just thrilled and really happy about it. And then I said okay uh, maybe it sounds really great um awaiting the the big publisher to get back to me and then I'll take it from there on and uh and and they didn't really get back to me until i I just decided on my own to go with the the small publisher because they had had so many ideas uh and they were, it was much more of a sort of a a corporation type deal where uh, you know they they were eager to put in my ideas and they had lots of Great uh, social media ideas and uh, just digital ideas for the book. Even though they wanted to put it out mostly in print, mm-hmm. but they were—they had a lot of ideas about you know um, reaching out bloggers and uh, you know um, making sorts of you know different small campaigns for the book and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and uh, and then uh, when I actually had uh, decided on going with the small publisher then eventually i got the answer from the big publisher and they were like yeah we really want to you know speak to you about <laughs> this book and i said well i'm sorry i already chose my my publisher so it was actually a, a really uh, a really different uh, experience for me compared to the other the other experiences i had with uh, putting out the manuscript
0: great well are you planning to write more novels about your character erhard
1: I definitely am. I, I mean, uh, what I experienced when I started sort of, uh, planning the book, I, I, I could, I got a lot of different ideas about this uh, setting, the Island and the history of the Island and his, my character's development. And I, I actually decided on uh, telling the sort of the most simple story first. Um, uh, and so, so it's more like, uh, uh, an origin, what do you call it, origin story or something like that? Origin, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, but uh, but also a story in itself, not not something you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then f- just take it from there on. If if I if I wanted to come back to the the scene and the and the environment and and to Erhard, then uh, then maybe I would do that for uh, uh, book two or maybe book three. And then I started to uh, actually pile different ideas in book two and book three. So, uh, so without having it like set on that I wanted to write three books, I started planning for three books. Uh, and uh, as soon as I actually finished the first one, uh, which is out now, uh, I felt like uh, going back to Erhard and to the island because I, I had some other stories that, that I wanted to, to tell about him and, and, uh, and his development as a person.
0: That's great well well, given your your years of writing and now with your success of the hermit, um what advice would you have for someone who might be listening who is an aspiring writer and would want to have their own novels or stories published one day <laughs> yeah that's that's a good one i actually i I also just want
1: to put in a lot of thanks to you because I think actually through the years writing, then listening to your show has been has been a huge inspiration for me and and something to sort of uh, go back to and listen to your great uh, conversations. Oh, thank so, you. So I'm really, uh, for me, it's I'm really, you know, thankful to be able to maybe give some of my advice uh, to you know aspiring writers. Uh, but i I've, I've been thinking about this because I also wrote a blog post in Danish, of course, uh, 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 just recently about this. The first thing for me is for you to. Um, stop listening to your inner critic. Uh, And so uh, in my case, I had like a famous Danish uh, 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 editor from a a literary uh, magazine and I had his name and his way of giving criticism in my sort of in my head when I was writing. And I found out at an early point that that didn't really work to, uh, you know, continue to think about what he would say about what I was doing. So so, but he's just the voice of my inner criticism, and and I think it's really, really uh, important for someone writing to get past that. Not to maybe have this, this the voices uh, be totally quiet, but just to say, yeah, whatever, <laughs> when you hear the inner critic, and then continue doing your writing and not be so caught up in the in the what, how will other people perceive this, or what do I think about this? Just to you know, put it out there and, and keep on writing. And then the second thing I think is to um, to uh, to be really uh, bold about uh, putting your own time in, uh, so it's really about, uh, I mean, uh, if if you have uh, if 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 your main job is not being a writer, then maybe you have other jobs, and then it's really important for you to to put the time in there. And also, if you like, I do have a family and stuff like that, then uh, it it could be a, a, quite a challenge to get those hours in there uh, and get the pages done. But to have it work, I think you have to be really bold about it and say to your family and maybe your friends, say this is what's important to me and that's you know I have to put in these hours, and then uh, and then stick to the plan that you put up. Uh, but also make it a realistic plan is another thing because uh, if you if you want to write you know for five hours every day and you also have work and you also have kids and a dog and stuff like that, then it's probably not that realistic. So to have a realistic plan and stick to it, even though your, your wife says you know oh I thought we were going to do this, then you have to say you know. Yeah, I'd love to do that but
0: not right now. It's very important for me to do this.
1: That uh, that helped me a lot that, to be so bold about it.
0: That that's great advice. Well, what what writers or books do you enjoy reading? Uh
1: well, I uh I I mean, my favorite writers are people like uh Paul Auster, uh Dostoevsky, uh Murakami, if you know him, is a Japanese writer that mm-hmm. I love a lot. And actually, I, my my background is a lot in in, in more in literary uh, sort of uh, uh, genres, sure. not so much the crime and thrillers. Mm-hmm. But uh, but having sort of uh, uh, accidentally stumbled into the thriller maybe genre, then I've been reading a lot of that, and I think there's a lot of great people out there doing great stuff. But I have to, of course, mention my childhood uh, hero, uh, Stephen King, and I. And the the fun part is, I actually, during this writing this book, I actually sort of felt a return to my admiration for Stephen King and his love for characters, uh, which I share a whole lot. And uh, and uh, so I, I, he's been a great influence for me, but not in the recent years where I've been reading more sort of um, more uh, less. uh, Less plot-driven uh, uh, writers like Austen
0: and and uh, more. and Sure. Well, well. Um, if, if someone is listening to this interview and would like to learn more about you, um, where could they find you online? And I can also provide a link in the in the show notes as well. But what's the best way for them to find you?
1: Well, uh, I mean, the best uh, maybe for English-speaking people, it's the best place is to find me on Twitter, which is Tom Dal, G H O M D A H L. Uh, that's my twitter handle there and uh if uh if you are not afraid to maybe google translate a bit then you can go to my my danish uh, you know uh author website which is uh, my my name uh and you can see my uh, you know a picture of me and my book and <laughs> and read right. a bit about that uh I have a plan because I'm coming out in Holland, France, uh, Spain pretty soon next year, I think. Uh, and so I need to have a, more of a, an international presence. <laughs> so I think in the, uh, within too long, I'll also have an English, at least, uh, website coming
0: up. Right. And before we started the interview, we, we were talking and you had said that there, there is the possibility um, of an English translation, you know, maybe next year or an English publishing deal. Um,
1: yeah um, yeah my uh i mean my agents uh, are working uh, to uh, to get a deal with uh, an english maybe american publisher and they're still uh, in the negotiations with a, a few people there and i'm looking so much forward to it that's like my childhood dream is to <laughs> come out in, in the states uh, so
0: yeah Great. Well, I'll have links to those uh, websites and your Twitter handle that you mentioned um, in the show notes so people can check that out. And again, we've been speaking with Thomas Rydell, author of the Danish crime novel, The Hermit. Thomas, thanks for doing this interview.
1: Thank you very much for, for letting me be here and sharing my thoughts and listening to what I have to say.
0: Great. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes.